from the very beginning for reasons that we cannot fully understand. God has had a peculiar love for humanity. So that even after humanity fell away from him in sin and rebellion, God loved humanity. God loved us and purposed to go about the work of restoring us to himself. God desires us. In order to accomplish that, God's justice, which was offended by our sin, had to be satisfied. In our society, we're losing the sense of justice. A crime is committed, and somehow there are reasons for that crime that all of us are responsible for, and so we all share the blame of the crime, and the guilty person is let off sometimes with a mere slap on the wrist, if any punishment at all. That's why we're so offended by this young man in Singapore who has received a sentence of caning. Now, whatever you think of the punishment for the crime that he's done, understand this, that there they are not afraid to express justice according to the law. That is a concept we're losing in America, and it's creeping into our theology. We have to understand that justice and the law must be satisfied. In order for God to be restored to us and we to him, his justice had to be satisfied. The penalty for sin had to be paid. The penalty of death. That theme of sacrifice is found throughout the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. The theme of the sacrifice to lamb. For just a couple of minutes, think with me at various spots in the scripture where this theme is found. Let's begin in Genesis 22 where the story is found of Abraham and Isaac. God's command to Abraham was, Go on the hills of Moriah and there sacrifice your son, your only son, Isaac, to me. Abraham took what was necessary and started the journey. And eventually he and Isaac wound their way up to the hills that God had commanded them to go to, where Jerusalem sits today. And there God, Abraham, rather prepared to sacrifice his son to God. Isaac said, Father, here's the wood, here's the fire, but where's the lamb? Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself a lamb. Abraham was fully prepared to slay his own son if God asked him to do that. But before he did it, God drew his attention to a ram, a wild sheep that was caught in the thickets, and that lamb that wild sheep took the place of Isaac. A substitute died in his place. We speed ahead a few hundred years to a terrible night in Egypt. Nine plagues have come upon the Egyptian people because they would not allow the Israelites to go. One final plague. It is the death of all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. 
All of them must die because of their rebellion against God and his command, let my people go. The firstborn of the Israelites would have died too, except that God provided the Passover lamb. And he said to his people, Get a lamb, each of you for your households, a prime lamb, a perfect lamb, a proven lamb, and slay the lamb at the door of your house, and apply the blood on the door. And then when the death angel comes through the land of Egypt, he says, I will pass over you. And they were spared the penalty of the death of the firstborn by the death of the lamb. Hundreds of years later, Isaiah the prophet gives us a strategic clue as to what the lamb theme is all about when he identifies the lamb not as an animal but as a person. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The Lord laid on him the sin of us all. Like a sheep led to the slaughter. It was 700 years before the scene was fulfilled at the, the River Jordan, where John was baptizing sinners coming in repentance. And he looked up and he saw Jesus coming to him and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God, the one pictured in Genesis 22, the one pictured in Exodus 12 at the Passover, the one prophesied of in Isaiah 53 was there. And we know well the story, how that he went to the cross and there died as the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world in the mind of God because God had planned it from the very beginning. A chariot is driving down through the wilderness. A man is sitting in the chariot reading from Isaiah 53, the passage that we had read to us earlier. And Philip is commanded to go to the chariot. He did. And the man says, who, who is being spoken about here in this text I am reading? And Philip got into the chariot and began to preach to him Jesus. But then let's move ahead to the book of Revelation where John is caught up into heaven itself. And there he sees God sitting on a throne. And in his hand is the right to reign and to rule on the earth. The inheritance of all creation represented in a scroll, in a book that was there. And heaven was searched and no one was found worthy to take a hold of the scroll and open it that he might reclaim the earth for God and in so doing pour out the judgments of God upon wicked men until there was one who approached whose name was the Lion of Judah. And he stood before the throne of God like a lamb sacrificed. It's Jesus. 
and he takes in his hand the scroll and prepares to reclaim the earth for God and to establish his kingdom here. And all of heaven breaks out in the chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. And it was all for us. It was all for you and for me. From the very beginning, God had his eyes on you, and he loved you. And he prepared a way to restore you to himself through the, the death of his own beloved son. And he has accomplished that. And today, we who have believed have entered into that reconciling with God. We have become gods. And if you're here today and you've not yet stepped into that relationship with God, do you know, do you understand that just by an act of your faith, by receiving Jesus Christ into your life, you can step into that relationship that God has prepared that he might have with you through Jesus. We're going to close by singing of that sacred head that has been wounded on our behalf. It's number 178, and I invite you to take your hymnal as we sing together. We'll sing verses 1 and 3. Let's stand together, please. Sacred head now wounded with grief and shame weighed down, now scornfully surrounded with thorns. for our sins and now of course is resurrected and is glorified in heaven and we invite you to be back with us on Sunday as we celebrate together that glorious event but we are here in this world and it is our
privilege to suffer with Christ if need be. We have received word just a few moments ago that one of our missionaries, Raymond Rising, has been captured by terrorists in Colombia and is one of a number now being held hostage there. He apparently was on a motorcycle on his way to uh, the Summer Institute of Linguistics meeting when he was uh, captured by them. And so I know that uh, Doris uh, would want us to be praying for Ray, but let's pray also for her and for God to work out his purpose in this situation. Let's pray together. Father, whatever suffering we have in this world is nothing compared to what Jesus suffered for us. We reflect on the cross and on the dying sorrow of our dearest friend. And our hearts are deeply touched and moved. And we pledge afresh our love and devotion to you, even if it brings suffering to us. We suffer today spiritually with Ray rising. And our prayer on his behalf is that he might quickly be released. We pray for Doris as she is left now to the situation and faced alone. I pray for her. Surround her with your comfort. Uh, we pray for their son as well. And for all of those who are involved in the uh, negotiations involved here for Ray and for the other missionaries who've been kidnapped in Colombia and Panama, we pray for them and ask that you use them in this time of captivity to be witnesses for you. We pray that if it's your will that you would sustain them and preserve their lives and return them to their loved ones. We are confident that they are in your hands, however, and that brings us a measure of peace in this moment of shocking news. In Jesus' name, amen.